So we got a special treat for you today. Um, we're going to have a little discussion, and then I'm going to kind of preach after the discussion. But I want to invite my, my lovely wife, Amy, and my beautiful daughter, Isabella, to come up. They're going to join me. Can you put your hands together? We're in the pause series, and uh, they're going to help me articulate the point and the message today. So um, we're going to get our mics. Now, I know, uh, you, sweetheart, you're going to have to turn that on there. Um, and uh, we're just going to we're going to have a discussion with you today. One of the things that um, I felt like God told me was, hey, um, it would be a great opportunity uh, for you to share from your family some of the difficulty. I think a lot of people come to church and um, I, all of you, if you to know me is to know that I am imperfect. So I know that I, I, I no, nobody thinks that I'm perfect here, which is great. But I think sometimes people have come and told us, you know, that, that maybe pastor's family, hard to connect because, you know, you know, you're, you're the holy guy. And I just want you to know, I'm a guy just like you. And, um, and, and I, I get a, I'm privileged and our family's privileged to, to pastor. And, um, uh, in my mind, there's nothing better, but we're also a very normal family. And if you hang around us long enough, you'll find that. Um, and, and one of the things that I wanted to do was talk about probably one of the, the, worst moments of our lives. And um, I think when you uh, come to church, Hope Point for us has always been a place that you could come, that we hoped you could come no matter what you were coming with, and that you could find life in Christ. And so hopefully in discussing some of our dark times, um, you would find encouragement. And the, the, the focus of today is unity. That's, the, that's the, the heart of the message today in the pause series. It's the you. It's that middle, that middle letter, unity. But I want to um, just kind of give uh, Amy and Bella an opportunity to share a little bit about a difficult journey that we took. For some of you, you know pieces of this. We're going to go a little bit deeper today. For others of you that are new to the church, and I know that's a lot of people, um, you, know, you might not know anything about our, our journey with our daughter, Bella. So I'm just going to turn it over to my wife. She's uh, very articulate, um, and she uh, knows a lot about this because... Um, you know, when your kids are going through it, uh, a mom goes through it in a completely different way, right? So we're going to talk with you a little bit um, about uh, our, our journey with Bella. And God just kind of told me, he said, hey, you know, um, it's an opportunity to share. And so I went to Bella earlier this year and I said, hey, no pressure. You don't want to do this. You don't got to do this. Like, I'll find something else. You know, there, there's a whole Bible to preach from. And she said, um, no, I, I think I, I'd like to do this. And so I want you to know she's up here of her own free will. Although we will buy her something nice when it's all over, you know. I mean, that's going to happen. It was part of the package. But, um, but anyway, Amy, would you like to kind of just, just frame in what, what, what yeah, our journey Yeah, because I see that like? countdown going yeah, down, and I'm it. starting to stress it. out. Um, Bella is 14 now, so she's in ninth grade, and um, God is doing incredible things this year. has just been such an amazing year to see her kind of stepping out and some extracurricular things at school and gaining confidence. But when she was in fourth grade, um, we started to notice that she was getting really sick really quickly. And Jonathan and I at first started noticing some things at home, like 
like she was having trouble um, articulating sentences, talking, starting to have trouble um, walking properly. And you know, you, at first you kind of think maybe you're overreacting. And before we knew it, I mean, it went from zero to 100 in like a minute. We were sitting in um, her classroom with her fourth grade teacher who was very concerned, um, kind of in a panic and just basically said, I think your daughter might have a brain tumor. Like something is not right. And by that point, we knew something was really wrong. Bella was digressing um, in development. She was extremely anxious, extremely fearful. Um, all of our normal, you know, pediatricians, doctors just said, I think she's just really struggling with anxiety. But as a mom, I'm like, no, like something is drastically wrong with my kid. And so of course we're on waiting lists. And you know, this, this series is about the pause and we were in the pause. We're on waiting lists with doctors, with specialists. I'm calling, I'm begging to get in and we're waiting. And so I'm talking to this teacher and I'm just telling her, look, we're doing everything we can. So immediately that weekend, I took her to the emergency room to get a CT scan because I wanted to know if, if there was something going on like that in her brain. And, and it was clear. And as much as there was relief there, there was frustration because as a family, we just did not know what to do. And I think part of what we wanted to share is what do you do in those moments in your life, whatever you're walking through or have walked through when you do not know what to do. And for me, um, I started to spiral as a mom. Like I would wake up every morning thinking, what is life going to look like? Um, what is her future going to be like? The enemy was pressing every button. I think in the pause, the enemy tries to press every single button that he can in your life to get you off course from relying on God. And I remember God gave me the scripture, um, Psalms 4610. It says, be still and know that I am God. And I've heard that a million times. And at first I think I was kind of frustrated because I'm like, be still, like my kid is sick. I have to act, I have to figure this out. I'm her mom. I mean, if you're a mom, you know, when you see your kid in pain, you would give anything, anything to take that away. And I couldn't fix it. But when I started to research what that verse really meant, it didn't mean that I had to sit and do nothing. And I wanna encourage you in the pause, it doesn't mean that God is asking you to sit and do nothing. If you actually look at what the Greek of that word means or the Hebrew of that word means, it means to release and to let go. It's like God was telling me, Amy, you have to release control of this situation. I want you to still move, do the things that I'm asking you to do, make the appointments with the doctors, but you have to release control. And when you're in the pause, it's so hard to release control of things in your life. And God was saying, you need to trust me, release control and allow me to do what only I can do. Yeah, I, th I think uh, one of the things that God wanted me to communicate in this series um, with pause, right, is when you're in a really difficult situation, the last thing you want to do is, is, is take a beat. I don't know about you, as a, as a dad, you know, I, I feel like, hey, I'm a provider, I'm a protector, I'm a fixer, I'm a type A, I got a plan, I got a plan for a plan, I like control, I like to make sure that we're on the right track, kind of vision, goal setting, and I felt horribly inadequate you know, just as a dad, um, as, a, as a father, uh, as, a, as a husband, because um, my, my, the church was really growing, which that's the crazy thing, right, is so many things to be happy about, and inside, I'm like dying, because I'm like, my, my daughter, like, isn't talking or walking, like, it took, at some points, we had a Christmas, and it took Bella five minutes to open a gift, like, just could not do it, and so there was something neurologically degenerative going on. And I'm like, 
what do we do? And um, the last thing you want to do is pause. But I, I want to I say this. There's a difference between pause and paralysis. Yes. I want you to hear that. Pausing is probably one of the most exemplary definitions of trust that you can show. It's one of the most exemplary forms of trust that you can show to God. To say, God, I know that you have this, and it is not in my skill, my ability, my strength, my wisdom, my experience. It's in the sovereignty and the goodness of your heart and hand. And so, so pausing is about taking a minute, allowing God to give you what you need. It's rooted in faith, and it focuses on the bigness of your God, not the bigness of your problem. Very, very important. It's, it's not doing nothing. It's waiting with anticipation for what God will do. It's kind of like, but they that wait on the Lord. That is an active participatory word that means that I am looking actively and hoping for God to show up. I know he's going to. And so paralysis is rooted in fear. It's when you've done everything first. You know, like, like we took it into our hands and did everything first. And you've come to the end of yourself and realized that you don't have it. That you can't fix it. And then fear sets in. And paralysis is not only rooted in fear, but it's, it, it focuses on the bigness of the problem and, and, and instead of the bigness of God. And what it's designed to do is immobilize you from doing what God has actually called you to and get you to rush so that you go into a situation not having what you need. And so, uh, Bella, I want to give you an opportunity. Um, what, were, what were some of the things that helped you in that season where for four years it would seem that life just kind of fell off the rails? Family encouragement was a big thing for me, um, especially my nana. She would always tell me this verse. It was Joshua 1.9, and it was, Do not be afraid. Be strong, brave, and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, and that always just stuck with me. And my church family would always be praying for me, reaching right. out to me, um, especially my parents' pastor friends. Her name was Donna Lassett. She actually gave me this pufferfish, and there's a meaning towards this pufferfish. It's that the devil can look really big and scary like a pufferfish, and a pufferfish blows up in defense to keep it from getting attacked by predators. And, but in reality, it's very small, like the devil. Yeah, you've had this. Bella has had this. Uh, <laughs> we love the puffer fish. <laughs> Bella's had this on her nightstand beside her bed for, for several years now. And uh, this little guy has meant a lot to her. And uh, just reminding her that, that, that the enemy looks really big, but he's actually quite small. Compared, and, and so is your problem. It might look big, but it's actually quite small compared to the size of your God. And so, um, so not to minimize the issue, but to just maximize your Father in heaven. And so, so what was one other thing that really, really helped you? Worship was the biggest thing for me. Come on, girl. Come on. She's our worship Talk girl about for it. sure. I, I loved worship growing up. Um, and there was this one song called Surrounded, and it talks about how you fight your battles. And it just reminded me that I'm going to fight this battle with God and everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. It was amazing because Bella was, you know, having a real difficult time, like, communicating and sharing sentences. But I could hear her in the shower and she could sing perfectly. 
she could sing and she could worship the Lord. And as a mom, that was just so encouraging to me to know that in her spirit, she was still able to connect with God. No matter what was happening, mm -hmm. what she was going through physically, um, she was able to connect with God. And I wish we had time to go through the whole story and tell you what ended up happening, but I'll just kind of give a recap um, and encourage you. God is always working on your behalf. One of the right. things that I prayed for as a mom was that we would get to the source of what was going on with Bella. Because a lot of people, even a lot of doctors wanted to just try to control the symptoms of what was happening. And I just kept praying. I knew something was not right. And in your gut, when you know something is not right, you continue to pray. And God led us. We No one even gave us this recommendation. It was just the only neurologist that I knew to call. And we were on this waiting list and we went to see this neurologist. He was a Christian. He was able to diagnose exactly what was wrong with Bella in our very first meeting because of one symptom that I told him. And I said, well, we had blood work for that. And it came back negative. And he said, that blood work was not enough. It wasn't sufficient. We're going to do more blood work. And when we did, he was exactly right. And Bella had something called PANS. And she had high levels of mycoplasma bacteria in her body. And so she had to go on long-term antibiotics, steroids. Um, she had to work through a lot of things with anxiety and fear. And so God used those doctors to help us. They were there. They prayed with us. It was just amazing. And it was like, God, you see everything. So if you're walking through something that's hard and difficult, God is always working on your behalf. There are people out there that he's going to use to help you get what you need. He's such a good God. I, I, I think that the, the unity point's big because early on when, um, we started seeing that, you know, our daughter couldn't dress herself, do other things. We, we got to the place where I, I was really frustrated, but I prayed and, and God spoke to me. He said, I'm going to heal your daughter. And so it was an assurance. I don't know if you understand, some in the room will, where you just know that you know that you know that God said something to you. The spirit inside of you identifies with it. The Holy Spirit confirms it in your life and you know but I was kind of blind because I was like, we don't pray this thing through. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm Mr. Pastor here. Like, I, you know, I'm going to do it. And I had to get in unity with my wife because Amy went through a research situation because that's the path God wanted us to go down. It wasn't just a prayer situation. It was, hey, I'm going to point you in the right direction. And this is going to be a journey, not a quick fix. Right, And so I had to get in unity with Amy. And that's something I would say is, is spouses here today. Get in unity together on the word of God. Because if you don't, it can cause problems. And then we were out at, at a friend's church in Denver, the same friends that gave us that pufferfish, um, at, a, at a pastor's conference. And a woman came up to me that I'd never met before. And she, at the end of a service, and she said, hey, I want you to know something. Um, uh, God is going to heal your daughter. And I looked at her and I said, I know. He told me. But, 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 but she said, but he, you've been praying for miracles for people in your church and for healings and for people in your church and for the power of God for people in your church. And, and he's going to heal a lot of other people first. And you don't need to get discouraged that you're going to see a lot of other people get their prayers answered before yours. And I said, okay, I can, I can take that. I mean, that was a little tough to hear, but... Um, I felt like, you know, gosh, God. I think she actually said that Bella would have a progressive healing. Progressive. And that's what we saw it progressively over time. over time. That's right. The fact now that she has a, a full schedule, she's in track, show choir, she's doing well in school, like that is a miracle yeah. of God. She's joyful. She's happy. 
um, progressively over time, over several years, we saw him completely heal her, and we're just so thankful. So I just want to um, encourage you. I felt like we had enough distance. We didn't want to give a testimony about something we were still walking through, although that's not a problem. Hear me. But for us, we wanted to give enough distance to say, no, we've seen the hand of God. We've seen him move. We've seen him heal. We're all kind of on the other side of that. But we also wanted to encourage you, um, if you're in the middle of it and you don't know what to do, get in unity with the word of God. Get in unity with the Holy Spirit. Get in unity with Jesus. Get in unity with your church. I can tell you, I could feel the prayers of the saints. Don't know how else to say that. I knew that there were a lot of people praying for my daughter. And I could feel encouragement from the prayers of the saints. The church has the ability to communicate the healing of God through Jesus Christ. Because we are his instrument in the world. And so I want to tell you, um, you guys uh, are a part of this story. And I just want to thank you uh, publicly uh, for, for all that you did to help my little girl, um, who's not so little anymore. And so um, I just want to thank you and give all glory to Jesus, because that's who deserves it. Thanks, guys. I've... Uh, they're going to bring out my tables, I think, and I've got a few minutes to, to talk to you about unity. And um, I want to have a conversation on this topic because I believe that there's commanded blessing when people dwell together in unity. And um, as part of a pause series, you can't, you can't just take a beat and not be in unity on some things. You can't take a beat and not just and do nothing. That's not what God asks of you. He asks you to release some things, but unity without faith is impossible. You've got to believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11:6 says. And sometimes you got to fight for unity. It's okay to fight for unity. I think the enemy in a lot of cases would rather speed you up than slow you down. Resistance always isn't about slowing you down. Sometimes it's about speeding you up, getting you to be busy and get out of the will of God for your life as opposed to discerning the path that he has for you. And so a lot of times we get frustrated on things like confusion, but confusion is not always a bad thing. When I look in, in the scripture, God confused the, uh, the Midianites. He confused those who were building the Tower of Babel, right? Aren't we glad that Balaam was confused that his donkey wasn't listening to him and continued to go the wrong way. He was headed down the wrong path and God had to get a hold of him. Are you hearing me today? That, that, that confusion can be a good thing if you're headed down the wrong road. Uh, I think about that. Um, the people that were building the Tower of Babel, right? We, they, they wanted to exalt themselves, build a tower that reached to heaven, and God said, I'll confuse their language, right? I'll, 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 I'll bring something into the mix so that they don't go, continue to go down the wrong road. I think a lot of people build, but they don't benefit. They build, but they don't benefit, and we blame God for it, but God brought confusion into it because you were building the wrong thing. And, and, and what God is doing in that moment, if you're confused, take a beat, take a pause and go, why am I so frustrated? Could it be that I'm building something that God never called me to and I'm not benefiting from the work that I put in because it wasn't his desire in the first place? Can I, can I align myself with what God wants me to actually build 
can I pause and discern his path in his hand so that I can be in the place that he wants me to be? And, and I want to give you some examples of why unity is important. You know, we use that word unity, use that word. Unity is not like just, oh, kumbaya and, and, and have fun and let's all get along and, and, and you be you and I'll be me and we'll just get along to get along and you, you do you and I'll do me. No, unity takes work. Matthew um, 18, 19 through 20, when, when there's breach and conflict, right? It says, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together, there I am with them. Now, 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 unity instantly can bring the presence of God. Unity can, can, can download God into your situation immediately. If you've got unity. And, and by the way, then unity also by that verse gives you favor with God. That what you're asking for in his name according to his will together will be done for you. So, so unity brings the presence of God. Unity brings the favor of God. And God hyper, uh, hyper drives your prayer into, into, into his purpose according to his plan. And he answers. So, so we see right there another one uh, that, that, that I'll go. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work, right? We see that the two are benef- better than one. There are benefits to unity. I think of the impact of unity. I love this verse, Leviticus 26, 8. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. So let's look. There's divine synergy when unity happens. So if you, if you think of five putting to flight a hundred, that's a multiplier of 20. If you think of, if you think of two putting to flight 10,000, that's a multiplier of a hundred right all of a sudden we got exponential increase for all the math folks out there just i'm just i'm just giving you your chocolate early we got exponential increase just because two people agreed isn't that amazing which means god will actually give you that that the principle of unity applies even if you're headed in the wrong way hence the tower of babel so you got to be careful on how you use the principle of unity. There's the endurance of unity. I love this. Galatians 6.2. Carry each other's burdens and, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That word carry in the original language means to uh, endure something unpleasant on behalf of someone else. So when you have unity, there's actually a grace to handle things for other people in your life that maybe they couldn't on their own. That's the beauty of the church right there. I'm just going to tell you, that's the beauty of the church right there. If you're here today, you ain't got to carry it on your own. That's the reality. There's healing in unity. James 5, 14 says, Is any of you sick? Call for the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. So now we've got the power of the church, which we just exemplified with my daughter praying together and because they're in unity god is bringing healing through the power of jesus christ and his shed blood on the cross and the atoning work of the cross are you, are you following me so so god paid for it but how do we get it part of that's unity church part of that's unity uh healing is the children's bread part of that is salvation there's friendship in unity i love this a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of, of adversity that, mean, that word adversity means to bind. 
that, 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 that when you're in a place where you just feel, I don't know what to do and I don't know where to go. And that was Amy and I. I don't know what to do. I, like blindsided, T-boned at the intersection. I had a green light. I did everything I thought right right that, that that it just came out of nowhere took your breath away that when that that a brother is born for a time when you just feel completely locked down like i love that about the people of god the family of god i love that about connect groups man you can find your people you can learn the word of god together we're about to launch all of those i highly recommend getting in one because church isn't the same if you're not in one and when you find that friend you know hey if i'm going through it you know how you know that you need one when you need one. Hello. Like everything all good. Yeah, I'm just doing my life. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing this. I don't really need anybody. Yeah, we got our rhythm, our routine. Yeah, and then you hit it. And you're like, man, uh, it'd be nice to have some people around. Right? You know when you need one, when you need one. There's truth in unity. I love this. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. An enemy multiplies kisses right come on like when i'm just honestly telling you the truth in love i know it's going to hurt what did it hurt what 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 was wounded maybe your pride right maybe your way of doing something but wounds from a friend can be trusted when you got somebody that just goes uh you ain't thinking right you ain't seeing right let, let let's let, let's go back to the drawing board let's look at the word of god it's important there's anointing in unity psalms 133 anointing by the way is divine empowerment it's divine grace. It's divine favor. You always want it. You always want it. I don't ever want to live outside of the anointing of God. Amen. I'm just telling you. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like oil poured on the head. That's anointing. It's like oil poured on the head. That, that, that God anoints your marriage, your family, your children, your life, your work. When, when you get in unity with him and with, with what he's got for your life, something changes and shifts. I'll give you a great example of this. Joshua. Moses is dead. Joshua 2 says this. Joshua secretly sent two spies to spy out the promised land. Now, there are 12 tribes. Joshua was a part of Moses' regime. He was one of 12, he and Caleb, that went into the promised land and said, Man, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. It's better than we could have ever expected. That's God's best for you. That's God's plan for you. It's better than we could have ever anticipated. There are giants in the land. There's, there's lots of people. There are lots of enemies there, but we can take them. Our God is big enough. There's the pause. Let's get ready. There's the pause. Ten others said, absolutely not. There's the paralysis. They're bigger than we are. They're bigger than our God is. They were immobilized in fear. Paralysis. Joshua has to wander around the desert for 38 years, knowing that he could have taken it. 38 years. Whole generation dies off. He goes back as an old man, he and Caleb, but still strong. And he says, I learned from my previous experience. I'm not sending 12 never trust your destiny to people that don't have the same level of faith as you do you don't need that you don't need that negativity you don't need that mess you don't need that you don't need that uh doubt 
What you need is some people that can lock arms with you and say, our God can and our God will. Let's take that hill. And so he said, I'm going to send two. Because in my experience, me and Caleb brought back a good report. So he didn't tell everybody else. He secretly sent two. And he said, go look at Jericho. Not because he was wondering if they could take it. He wanted to see how good it was. And so they did. Are you, are you following me today? Power of unity. They came back with a great report. And he said, three days, get ready, we're going in. Pause, and we're going to go in. We're going to get all that God wants for us. We're going to get ready, and we're going to take that hill. So if I can tell you today, a secret is unity. And I just want to invite you to bow your heads today. Close your eyes. I want to ask God to bring unity into your life, into your marriage. God's going to do some amazing things this year but you need unity in every area and if you were somehow going through it don't know what to do pause get encouragement get prayer from our prayer team at the end I want to invite some people who might not be in unity with God's purpose and plan for your life you maybe you're not in unity with Jesus maybe you've never said yes to him you can start this year unified with God Our church is going to pray and we're going to introduce you to Jesus. You're going to pray with us. And at the end, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and acknowledge that you said that prayer. It's really important because you can surrender your life to Jesus and find abundant and eternal life here today, right now. A lot of people believe in God, but they've never surrendered their life to him. And can I tell you, you have to do that. Let's put our faith and trust in him today and all pray out loud together. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. I give you my life as I make you my Lord and Savior, Jesus. I thank you for paying a price I couldn't when you went to the cross. I thank you that I have abundant and eternal life through your death and resurrection. I promise I'll serve you all my days. I thank you for saving me, for cleansing me, for giving me a new start. In Jesus' name, amen. You said that prayer, you meant it in your heart. Just raise your hand.